Welcome to the One Drink with John podcast. Today is episode 11. We'll be discussing the DIS behavioral analysis. Today's guest is a good friend of mine, Susan Wolf. She's been using the DISC assessment program for over 13 years in personal and professional situations. She is a wife, a mother, a grandmother. She has a bachelor in physician assistance. She has a master's in leadership and education. She also is recently retired faculty member of the PA program at the University of Dayton. And this is actually a program that she developed herself in 2012. She's also a dog lover. Sue, welcome to the show. Thank you, John. I really appreciate you having me. Looking this forward is awesome. to it. Yes, this is great. Well, today our drink is the limoncello, mm-hmm. uh, and this is really, really good, and this is a specialty that your wonderful husband, Joe, makes. That's correct. And what, what is it? And, you know, it's, it's a great drink, so it's a great lemon drink, and so how does he make it? Well, it's a, an Italian uh, liqueur. And uh, we, we saw this one time on Food Network and decided to make it. So you it, it takes time because you have uh, the lemon peel from about 14 lemons. You put that in vodka. It sits for 40 days. Take out the lemon rinds. Then you put in a simple syrup, a little more vodka. Let it set for, I think, another 10 days. Wow. And then it's ready to go. We bottle it and keep it in the freezer. And uh, it's, a, it's a great aperitif. Yes. Yes. It's excellent. And it tastes really good, too. So, <laughs> well, Sue, again, welcome to the show. Um, I talked to you about this uh, a couple of days ago, and you mentioned um, that you had been using the DISC program for a long time and that it was something that you were really passionate about. And I thought that was really interesting. I, I know a few things about you, uh, but that was one of the things I did not know. And I, so I'm really excited about uh, this podcast today. And I just kind of wanted to start, if you wanted to give... Um, kind of a background on uh, what, well, let's actually, let's just start with what is the DISC system, uh, D-I-S-C system, if people have no idea what that is. Sure. Uh, What it is, it's breaking down our different characteristics, our different behaviors into four different categories. Uh, The D stands for dominance, I for influencing, S is for steadiness, and C is for compliant. And while most of us are a combination of some of these, uh, in most situations we have one that's really dominant. So if we learn how and why we do things, and then how and why other people do things, it makes life so much easier. Whether it's at home or it's in a business setting, uh, it, it, if you can anticipate how someone's gonna react to something, then it makes it so much easier. Sure. Yeah. Personal and work relationships can get very messy and it's difficult because you're dealing with people. Um, But yeah, I think figuring out how people's, what people's tendencies are, maybe what their needs are uh, and things like that's very important for sure. Well, one of the things DISC says is, uh, are people different? Yes, they are, but they're predictably different. So if you know someone's DISC, um, somebody close to you, it's nice that you know that well so you can decide how you're going to handle a situation with somebody. If it's somebody you don't know well, you still, after talking to them a little bit, if you're very familiar with this, have a better idea how to communicate with them. Yeah, no, I think it's it's definitely very helpful. Um, so let's just kind of start with, uh, I, I talked about uh, some of your education background, mm-hmm. but if you just wanted to kind of start with that, uh, anything um, that's kind of pertinent that um, goes along with this sure. would be great. 
Well, I started working as a physician assistant, a PA, in 1979 when I graduated. I uh, worked in orthopedic surgery for 18 years. And then um, at that time, right before I, I left that job, I was working with a physician who there was only one other uh, orthopedic surgeon in town, so we were on call 50% of the time. Oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, it, <laughs> it got to the point where my kids, my friends were doing things, and I was in the OR on the weekend on call. Wow. So I went into education. I did that for a while, and um, it was very interesting because there was one year that was um, it was very interesting. We had, in fact, it was the year of the um, 9-11 uh, bombing, and we had uh, a change in administration at the school where I was working. Um, I took over as program director in about five months after that, and then uh, the institution was doing DISC all across the institution, and they wanted someone from our college uh, that felt that could really benefit from this. And uh, we were voted as the most dysfunctional unit in the college. Okay. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, which That's was funny. a blessing. It was a blessing in disguise. Okay? I didn't know they voted on things like that, but okay. Well, administration did, you know. So, so we were the oh, ones that were, were pegged to to go that's undergo funny. the Dix training, and uh, it was very eye opening to me um, as I learned how to be a better manager. And um, gosh, sometimes. It felt like I was playing a game because they would say, okay, now if you're in leadership because you're a D and you're talking to someone who's an S, you need to get along and sit next to them, not across from them because you're not trying to be an authoritative figure. And I thought, this is nothing but a game. But then I realized the game worked and I started playing it and it worked better and better. And um, in, in all the different, every different time we would have a class of students come in, we had them do their disc so we know how to interact with them, all, all new faculty members, all staff. Everybody knows everybody else's dicks so we can interact better. Yeah, that's interesting. And I guess we probably should say, it's, um, so the DISC system is an assessment. So basically the way you come up with what your what your letter is, is through a test. Basically that's take a test. That's correct. Um, there's multiple ones. I mean, you could Google it and there's a bunch of different ones. Uh, I've taken actually two since I decided to do this this podcast with you, um, and there was kind of one that had to do with personal. One was business. It was kind yes. of interesting. I've actually taken this uh, at work uh, probably three years ago or so, and found it very helpful with relating with as a manager relating with my team. Exactly. But yeah, the assessments very interesting. Um, and again, you know, anything you can learn about yourself first of all, how you react in situations, and then how you can relate that to the people you're managing or people around. Right. It's really right. cool. So, Yeah, it's, it's a questionnaire. It doesn't take very long when you're taking it. You need to think uh, of your answers, whether you're doing it at your home or in your place of business, because sometimes people are different from one place to the other. Um, but yeah, it, it comes out with a pretty good analysis. And when we've had students do it, I can't tell you how many come up and say, can I do this for my spouse, my girlfriend, whatever, <laughs> you know, uh, just because it, it makes sense to do it. It works well. That's interesting. Yeah, it's a really it's a really neat um, assessment for sure. So so what do you think um, really piqued your interest about it? Like what was the thing? Like it sounds like you really you know you you did it and it you just really got interested into it. What was what was so cool about it? Well, we had to do it, you know, to start oh. with. <laughs> well, that's yeah, you had to do it. That's <laughs> yeah, we did. But but what I learned about me uh, at that time, I was a very high D, so very dominant. Um, and with being a dominant person like this, 
uh, you're very in a very active mode and very task oriented. So if you think of DISC as a big box, D and I are at the top, at the bottom are S and C. So the D's and the C's are very task oriented. So we look at the world as a series of tasks that needs to be done. The I's and the S's are very people oriented. So they look at it as it's all about the people first and oh yeah, a task is in there somewhere. So the thing that really, that I remember the most that made such a difference was, um, I used to have a 20 minute drive to work. So imagine me, very high D, very task oriented, that 20 minute drive, I'm thinking of all the things I have to do when I get there. So our office was set up such that mine was in the back of this kind of a long room. And I went by, I think three people on the way to my desk. I never stopped to say, good morning, how are you doing, all that stuff, because I'm, tunnel vision on what yeah, I have to do Yeah, you're just like, let's get just there. get this done. I got to right. get this project done so I can get <laughs> on to the next one. Sure. And then as this came out, finally one of them said, are you mad at us? I'm like, why would you ask that? <laughs> well, you never say anything to us when you come in. So I had to learn that although that's not important to me, it is important to other people. And then that became my task to make sure that I was including other people in what I had to had to do. Luckily, only about 3% of the population are Ds. Otherwise, we'd be fighting all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> Nobody would get along at all, right? I know. I know. Um, That's interesting. But, but I've had to learn to adjust to how other people look at things. And it's, it's uh, made a big difference in my life because of that. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, one of the biggest things I actually have learned from my wife, a lot of this being married over 20 years, um, is seeing things from other people's perspective. She's, yes. She does a really, really good job of that. And that has been just priceless in, in work and everything. It's just to be like, okay, you know, somebody's doing something. I mean, just like you said, like, okay, how, why do they even think I'm mad at them? Why would right. That doesn't make any sense at all to you. But if you see it from their perspective and their personality, you're like, oh, well, they, you know, they need that interaction. So that's interesting. Well, I often say when, when I started using this oh, <laughs> squeaky chair, I... Uh, <laughs> Uh, a, a good example is I may come in on a Monday morning and I needed to send an email out reminding the people I'm managing I need a report by 9 o'clock on Wednesday. So at one time I would just <laughs> type that out and send it. Then I had to learn, no, you have to say something nice. So I would type it out. <laughs> then I go back and backspace and say, good morning, everyone. Hope you all had a good weekend. When I almost hate to admit this on, on air, but I really didn't care what kind of weekend they had because all I wanted I, to get my was re, my report done, but it was important <laughs> to them. So I learned to add that in there. Um, and then I, you know, then I could send it because now I'd at least had something that, that was interacting with them. And over the years, it's become much easier and, and I do care how they do now, but in the very beginning, now I was all about getting the work done. Right. You're very, and it, again, I think, um, again, I took the assessment, um, just the last couple of days, and I have some D, and and I'm more of a people person as well. So you have, you have a high, high I. Yeah, yeah, super I high that. I. You didn't but have to some, tell me that. I knew yeah, that. right. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> um, so definitely dealing with people. But that's interesting you say that about the emails because um, sometimes somebody sends an email and it's it's too. Yeah. I'm like, just get to the point. Exactly. I'm like, I know you had a great weekend. That's great, but I'm like, trying to get work done. So yeah. sometimes when I'm in that that D mode of dominance of getting yep. things done. I'm just like, and I have to kind of reread 
my email just to make sure it's not just like, you know, what's going on? Like I, to, to show them that I do care and I really know what's going on. So it's but really, that's interesting. It's funny that you say <laughs> that because the motto of a D is just get to the point. Yeah. And the motto of an I is it's not what you know, it's who you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I love people. So, that's, and I think a really nice combination is being the D and the, and the I because you can combine those two things. No, I think so, too. Um, and thank you. That's a great compliment. Yeah, I'll take those yeah, all day. Absolutely. So, what I also think is interesting, too, um, is something you kind of said a, a little early, but um, that this can change, too, like, mm-hmm. and depending on the situation. And in fact, I, I took two different assessments over the last couple of days, and one of them uh, was kind of a marriage one. It was it was mm-hmm. more about home. And then the other one was more work focused and I, I scored a little differently Yeah. and it makes sense because people are different, you know, how they relate at home to their family and then how they are at work. And I thought that's interesting. And also people can change. Um, I think your dominant personality is probably still going to come through, but people change if they realize something isn't working for them. Right. Um, and so, and even just like yourself, so you're probably less of a D now than you were to begin with. Um, because it wasn't serving you, but I don't know, different things and different, different things happen in people's lives that change too. So my, my D comes out a lot. Um, I can talk about each one of these as we go through, but mm-hmm. a, a greatest fear of a D is being mm-hmm. taken advantage of. Uh, so oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So a lot of times when my, um, fuse is very short and mm-hmm. I react, then when I reflect on it later, it's because either I felt taken advantage of or someone that I was with or uh, responsible for. Something that it always goes back to that. So that basically breaks kind of a rule of yours that you have almost, like your personality rule or what like that like that just disagrees with you and it's like yeah. It's funny how you're like you get upset with something about something, you're just like, Why did I get so mad about that? And then you're like, Oh, that broke, you know, a rule or a belief that I had you know, in my personality, it really threw me off. So right. if that right. makes sense. Yeah. But it's funny because you see this in children, even, mm-hmm. you know, so, because I've had been asked that over the years. So is this something we develop? Are we born with it? If you talk with parents who've gone through the disc, they can tell you how their kids may be different. And I have two um, twin granddaughters, they're both mm-hmm. 21 now. But, oh my gosh, one is a very high I. The other one's a very high C, and I could send them, like when they were in grade school, I could send them a text, so how'd school go today? The C would say, fine. The one that's an I, I you know how uh, sometimes you have a limit on how many characters you can get in one thing. I would get three different ones, and it would go through the whole thing, everything they saw, everything they did, and she's still like that today, you know, so it's, it's really how, interesting how people can see the same situation in a totally different way. Yeah, that's neat. And even like you said, with with that, you know, twins, you'd think they'd be very similar, but they're just well, they're not. they're fraternal. So, yeah, yeah. But either way, I, I've got I have uh, good friends of mine that I grew up with that were twins, and especially as they get you know as they got older, there was big differences in their personality mm-hmm. and what they did, right. and you know, completely right. different almost, which is interesting because they were identical twins and they should be the same, but they're just not. Yeah. So. But yeah, if you want to go through each one. Um, each of the four and kind of talk about it each one that would be great you kind of started with yeah. with the dominance which apparently you know the best i do know so. that the best yeah yeah i do uh, so with the the eyes um they're very very people oriented have you ever known anybody besides yourself i'm sure that can go into a crowd and within 10 minutes you know everyone in their life history that's a high eye my husband's that way 
Yeah, uh, Joe definitely is yeah, for he, sure. He's like Absolutely. That doesn't for sure. know a stranger. Absolutely. He, he doesn't. And it's all about people. Uh, when again, when you're in that block, and DNIs are very active, so they're kind of in your face, and they're they're. I don't want to say aggressive, but they want to get things yeah. done, whether it's it meeting people yeah. or, mm-hmm. or getting a project done. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you think about this in a profession, eyes are the one that you want out there interacting with other people. If you're trying to get people to your your business or to help in a group, you like want a salesperson or something like Absolutely. that would be a, an eye would be a good salesperson. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. That makes Absolutely. sense. Then S's steadfastness. They're, they're very, they're very quiet. They don't mm-hmm. say a whole lot usually. Um, they don't like change very much. D's a change agent. They love it. <laughs> I's, right. they'll change if they figure out it's okay for people. S's really hate change. Mm-hmm. So they they will adapt to change when they have enough time to think about it, uh, make sure that, that nobody's going to be hurt with it. The thing I love about S's is they're very, very loyal friends. And if you, in a work situation, if you have an S that doesn't say anything hardly in meetings, then all of a sudden they're saying something, you better stop everything you're doing and listen to that S because they're taking a big risk to be heard. So they're very patient about it. I used to tell my students that it's like, okay, all you S's out there, I know how it is when, when a, a teacher asks a question, the ones that put their hands up first are the D's and the I's. D's because they want to get on to the next question. I's because they like to hear themselves talk. Exactly. Okay. I, I trust me. I have a podcast. I know exactly what the eyes <laughs> are like. I promise you. <laughs> and, and then and then the S's, they're not going to put their hand up until they're really 200% sure that the answer is correct. And by that time, we've moved on to three or four other questions. Every single time I've said that to students, they look at me and it's like, how did you know? You know, wow. so it, it's not just something that you read on paper and you think, sounds good it's something that really works then the c's uh these are the engineers in life they live out of spreadsheets everything is very (laughs) organized uh usually color-coded they have a calendar everywhere they go these are the people that if you're in a business that needs detail or um like some uh, committees that we have here or accountant or something it's like a perfect person to really get the if you want detail you give it to a c and c's when you talk about change they won't They'll do change, but only after they've had time to look at the details, analyze it, and make sure uh-huh. that it's good. Okay. But this is so important because if you are a manager of some kind or just in a friendship and and you're trying to treat everybody equally and everybody has to do details, and I can't do the details. It's not in their DNA. And they'll get frustrated, you'll get frustrated, give all the details to the C and they're happy as long as they know exactly what's required of them. Yeah, that, no, that's that's actually a perfect example of myself. Um, I'm not, I like details, but I, I like to get the broad brush yes. strokes. Yes. And sometimes when I'm doing things at work or even at home where it's just like, it's too meticulous where I'm yes. just like, okay, I, I can only do this for a, a, I can do it, but for a short period of time. And right. I'm like, okay, I've got to go do something else. And usually that's something else is go talk to somebody or go hang out <laughs> with somebody. I'm like, okay, I know what this detail stuff. Let's get on to the funny. fun part. So yeah. that's that, really, that's, that's your disc for sure. <laughs> that's interesting. Uh, another example I like to give is if you've got four people getting on an elevator, okay, a high D, high I, S and C. So they're getting on this elevator, and all of a sudden they look down the hall, and here comes a whole group of people, and they're wanting to get on the elevator. And they're yelling, hold the elevator. So what do you think the D would do? 
So the D is going to get on the elevator, right? Oh, yeah. And they're pushing the button to shut they're, the door oh, oh, so shut. they can get it shut so they <laughs> so can go on, right? Else. And That's I, right, because they're just trying to get the task done. So they're trying to move on to the next yes. thing. So go, and okay. then I saying, come on, we got it for you. We got plenty of room. Let's get so it So like holding the door Let's for them. A party. Exactly. The S is very quiet, and they slip off, and they take the steps instead of taking the elevator because they, they, don't, they don't like all of that. And a C is calculating the weight limit on the elevator and all the people in there and they ask the two heaviest people to leave right because they've already they've already done the math in their yes. head yes how much. yeah exactly does everybody get the where they're trying to go absolutely you can still get there but it's the different mindset of how everyone looks at it when they go which is what makes it neat yeah no that's so true it, it is so interesting though because even um talking through this just not, I mean, you can just see people that you know, like, oh, this person's definitely a D or they're, they're an I. And obviously there's, there's mixes to, mm-hmm. um, to this. And, and when you take in your own assessment, you kind of see which is your dominant one. Yes. Um, cause usually people aren't just, you know, a hundred percent one or the other, but there's usually the dominant one that makes the most sense. Um, but yeah, that's kind of cool to and see. Then, I love the elevator thing. That's great. And then when, when you're looking at the box. <clears throat> When you look at the corners, those are your opposites. So a D and an S are pretty opposite in things. So an example I like to give for that is let's say you're in a personal relationship and you're, you're going to go buy a house. So a D wants to look at a house, maybe three homes. That's all. No, any more than that, they're done. Okay. They look and see what they want, want to decide. An S, they don't like to make decisions a lot. They don't like to change. They want to be really comfortable with things. So they may want to look at... 15 homes before they can decide what they want. Oh, wow. Okay, that makes sense. So if you don't have a conversation about that ahead of time, you can really have some conflict. So if you're a couple and you know each other's disc and you know that, you sit down before you start looking for a house. Like, what's the maximum number that a D could go with? What's the minimum an S could go with? And then you meet somewhere in the middle because that's what this is all about is meeting in the middle. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Um, in fact, as soon as I'm done with this, I'm going to go force my wife to take this so I can figure out, even exactly. though I kind of have an idea what she is anyways. But yeah, that, that'll definitely help out. So I think she has some S in her. Yeah, for sure. There's definitely in there. There's definitely some D too. Is there? Um, she's got that, uh, you know, kind of A person, A student, yes. A plus student that gets yes. things done right. too. But yeah, that's funny. So I guess in your uh, scenario with the house, Yes. Then the I would be going to the open house where there's multiple people there. Absolutely. And if they had an open as opposed to they would just basically go to every open house and hang out. That's right. And decide eventually on what they what house they but would get. But if they're if they're matched up with a C who's very detail oriented, who can have that paralysis by analysis, mm-hmm. they may want to go through a hundred homes before they can check off all the lists that they have on their spreadsheet. So you know, That's again, true. it's meet in the middle. How are we going to make this work so we're not spending five <laughs> years trying to find a home? No, that's great. Yeah. That's a great example. I love that. Uh, that's cool. So what, kind of going back to you when you, mm-hmm. kind of when you first started doing this, what were, were there any specific changes uh, that you noticed at work um, that, that just were just like, wow. I mean, you talked about a little bit, but just like, wow, this, this made a huge difference when you're either hiring people or you know, dealing with dealing with people oh gosh there's a lot of them um, one I can remember is there was one faculty member who was a very high D um, and was not very compassionate and would have uh, students come in to talk to 
her about maybe not doing well on a test and they all left crying <laughs> like you know you can't do that you have to show <laughs> some compassion we talked about we always say bring an eye bring your eye up a little bit you know and she took that advice as we talked about it in detail and pretty soon the students were lined up to talk to her be, because she could do that what surprised me the most about me being so high d and so um task oriented was i counseled a lot of students that really enjoyed talking to me, and I think I did a good job with doing that. But, and I, it took me a while to figure out why. It's because that became my task. When they were sitting in front of me, my task was to help them through whatever they were going through at the time. Aha, uh-huh. okay. Yeah, and so, so that worked very nicely that way. Well, that's cool, and I think, um, obviously, having to, to be aware of that, you may not have made that change, or maybe that's not good. have made it as quickly. Uh, it's just... Sometimes it, this just kind of slaps you in the face like, oh, well, this part, I need to work on this. Yes. You know, and it maybe through trial and error, you might have figured it out later, but it would have taken so much longer. Exactly. So. Exactly. Well, that's really interesting. And then our, our students, we always let them know what all faculties discourse. So they would know how to approach somebody. So if it were a D, they come in with, you know, just get to the point, tell me what's going on. If it was an I, they can sit and talk a little bit longer. Same thing with an S. If, if it's a C, they need to bring some details, you know, so uh, they can look at it from a, a, their way of looking at the world. And the students totally understand that, so uh, it, it makes a big difference. In fact, one year we had students, when they did their fundraiser, um, they did T-shirts, and it would say, I'm an I, what are you? Or I'm an S, what Oh, are you? cool. How yeah. fun. Yeah. Well, so. that's really cool. Yeah, no, and that's great to see. I hadn't thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, it would be smart in an organization or a company or a or you know a business or a school or whatever to have the people in leadership. Yes. To people understand what their dis letter is because because then they know how to approach them. Uh, if their boss is a C, then they need to come in with some data, you know, yes, and some absolutely. facts in order yes. to get what they need across. That's interesting. Well, I and I had a boss who was a very high S. Okay. So didn't like to make a lot of change, uh, didn't like to make decisions as quickly as I did. So once I figured that out, then if I had to have a decision at a meeting that I was having with that person, I would send something or call or whatever like a week ahead of time. Here's, here's oh, my issue. Okay. I need a decision when I come in. And then I could get a little better idea of what the decision would be. But if I went in that day, said this is my issue, I... I wouldn't get a decision that day. So you're able to prepare was, ahead. Yeah, so you're correct. able to prepare ahead to give the person more time because that was their personality. Oh, correct. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to you with the D where you're just like, just okay, make a decision right now. Yeah, what, do you exactly. want a decision? What I'll give you a decision on? in four seconds. What, what's going on here? <laughs> exactly. Decide on this so I can get on my you're next You're like, why haven't you decided? <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. That is interesting, though. I, I really think um, that's important to know what – because I've been thinking about this mostly, uh, even when I took the class at work, I was thinking about it mostly through the eyes of of what you know my staff was and what my you know my managers were, not thinking about letting them know the yeah. way I am. So if they need to come to me with something, so that's interesting. That's that's something I'm definitely going to work on. I had one faculty member who was a very high I. Okay, mm-hmm. I had been through the disc, but <clears throat> chose to kind of still do his or her. Well, his own thing. So I knew I was in trouble if he came in to talk to me. And he'd sit in the chair. Unfortunately, can't see this on the podcast, but he'd lean back, 
cross his legs, <laughs> put his arms behind his head. It's like, oh, I'm going to be here for a long time, you know. So, um, you know, it just just depends on how how people look at the world. It's what, what their mm-hmm. outlook is, is how they're going to approach any particular issue or item. Yeah, that's really interesting. That's Another so example I use is, uh, let's say there's four people that work together and they go go to lunch every day and they walk. It's only a couple blocks. So the D finds a way to get to this their favorite lunch uh, luncheon place. And he said, you know, he said, I've been thinking about this and looking around and I found that we can get there in, in five minutes instead of seven. Who wants to come <laughs> with me? Okay. The I says, no, you go ahead because I see my two friends over there. I want to stop and talk to them along the way. And that person gets there about five minutes late for talking too much. Can you identify with that? I'm not sure. You know, I can't imagine that. Yeah, no, no that's exactly what I would do. I'm like, what? <laughs> On time? No, I wanted to go talk to some people in between. And the S would say, no, you go ahead, because I really like to walk the way we do, because there's this really beautiful rose bush here, and there's this water fountain that I really like. The water's so good there. I, I want to go the same way. Now, the C has been analyzing everything, trying to figure <laughs> it out. Is it really closer? The C ends up going the same way, but still takes the same amount of time because it spent, you know, two minutes or three minutes analyzing everything. <laughs> so they, yeah, everybody gets there about the everybody same time. Everybody gets but they, there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, just how, but, but a different in what way manner. Oh, yeah. that's a great, yeah, so that's so I, I think true. the goal of all of this is to get at that place, wherever that might be, whether it's a personal relationship of something you're trying to do or something in business. We want to get where we need to be and have to realize a lot of people get there a different way, and let's work together to make that the most efficient way. Yeah, and the thing is, too, in any organization, you need all of these people. Absolutely. You know, you need the D to be a leader of sorts to be getting pushing things through. Yes. But then you need, you know, the the S's and the C's to to really get the work done. A lot of times, yes. you know, like the the person that the accountant or engineer, or whatever. Like we have we have to have people doing the detail work. Right. Um, and then usually the eyes are just, we're just having a party. So yeah, I don't know what we're doing. Time. We're just having a good time. So we're just selling a bunch of stuff and we're, yeah. Right. We're just, <laughs> exactly. So you got to Yeah, it works out well. But it is interesting though, because you do need, you know, multiple things in any organization to make it work. Absolutely. Because um, if it, you know, for me, like we've talked to, or we've studied this with my wife and I with, you know, we've owned our own business and she mm-hmm. owns her own business now too, how we want to put a team together of people um, you know, and that includes like an accountant, like I, you know, we have an amazing accountant mm-hmm. and I can't do it. I am not an accountant. I can do some, but I have a, a limit to what I can do. Yeah. It's just not my makeup. You know, I, I like, I nerd out a little bit on spreadsheets. I have a little bit of C, but it's, it's limited and I need, you know, a good accountant or you need a good attorney, you know, you need these different people with these different, right. um, different traits on your team to help you get to where you need to go though. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. I love that one. So, I think it works well. Yeah. And then, so when did you start, so you've been teaching this too. So when did you start um, actually studying and teaching the DIS, the DIS program? Oh, was it was it right at the beginning when they said you guys were the worst and you needed to do this? Or <laughs> Well, that's when, when we worked really hard as a team to, mm-hmm. make, to make things work. And uh, it's been so long ago, I don't remember exactly when I started with the students, but I think once I felt very comfortable with what it was and how well it really worked and how authentic it was, Mm -hmm. then I said, well, let's try it with the students. Let's get everybody involved here so we can know what they want. A perfect example is in in the classroom, 
I hope that didn't come through. In the classroom. <laughs> it's the chair, I promise. <laughs> yeah, really. In, in, in the classroom, um, if you have a lot of C's, they want a lot of detail. And if you're not that detail-oriented faculty, you may not give them exactly what they want. So what we've learned to do is right now, at, or at least when I left UD, we had a couple of faculty members that were very high C's. So we go to them and say, I would go to them and say, is this enough detail? You know, and they'd say, why don't you add this and this? Perfect. So, uh-huh. you know, we, we learned to work together so as you faculty. Could tailor so, the, could, yeah, yes. so you could tailor the program or the class to to the students. Oh, exactly. that's great. I hadn't thought yeah. about doing and it that way, too. That makes sense. It. Yeah, they, they get more out of it that way. And, I mean, you do that in a work setting. It doesn't have to be in school. You know, if you have a project that you're working on, and how, how many businesses don't have projects that more than one people work on? You know, most of them do. So oh, absolutely. Yeah, almost everything you're together. doing, there's multiple people. Right. Um, even at, at work with me with different, you know, different building projects and things, yeah. you know, there's the detail people yes. that are going through the 175 pages of, of all this, whatever that is, and the details. And I'm I'm usually the person where I'm like, okay, um, can you give me like a two-page summary of that? Because there's no way I'm going to yeah. read that. And they're like, right. oh, well, it's because I'll be like, hey where's the information on, on X about this property? They're like, oh, here, I sent you that. And I'm like, yeah, but that's 175 pages, <laughs> and there's no way in the world I'm ever going to read that. So what is, right. what, you know, can you give me the cliff notes version of right. that? Right, boil it so. down just a little bit for me. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I didn't realize we were that much alike. Yeah, we are. That's interesting. But no, but I, but again, to the point, though, I, but I need that person. I yes. need that detailed person because in that 175 pages, there are details that have to be done right. Correct. And if I was the one doing it, you know, we'd be in trouble. Like, you know, I need that person doing that. So, <laughs> well, and, and again, that's why it's so nice that you need to know who's on your team. So, who can do the work that needs to be done when it needs to be done? Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. So, so what about um, how have you used this in uh, more family and more of your personal life? And what are some changes that that have helped there? So, well, that's very interesting. <laughs> you know, Joe. <laughs> Um, I do know Joe. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so he's very high eye, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. That's but, why we're uh, such good friends. Yeah, exactly. I get along. I get along with him great. <laughs> and some, but sometimes he can be very D. So sometimes we clash pretty good, and mm-hmm. you know we just have to learn how to work it out and and uh, find a, a meeting place. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's easier than others. But again, it's like I, I mentioned on all the different. Um, communication that you have with a significant other it's trying to meet in the middle what what can we do to make this work the best um here's an example it's kind of disc related he used to ask me if we're going to go out to eat where you want to go out to eat (laughs) this is the worst question ever as a couple right (laughs) so i used where are you going to eat i don't care wherever you want to eat no no i used to say i was a d i wanted to go oh i'm sorry yeah absolutely so i'd say oh let's go there tonight no i don't really want to go there okay so, so I don't know if he just wanted to talk about more, you know, what, whatever it was. So then I learned, um, okay, let me do my third choice. And I'll tell him that's my first choice. No, I want to go there. Then I go to my second choice. Well, maybe then I go to my first choice. Okay, that sounds like a good one. So it's not truly disc, but it is it a is compromise sure. in some ways of, 
you know, saying because uh, otherwise I would have said, "You asked me where I want to go. Here's where I want to go. Let's let's right. Do it. Yeah, let's make a decision. This is the one." But instead, you realize that it needed to be a conversation. Right. right. But well. now he knows my game, so it doesn't work. Anymore. It doesn't work as easily. No. <laughs> He's heard me talk about it, so it doesn't, it doesn't work as well. But but you ask what I did to, no, to, no, to help, and that was one of them. No, that's great. I think it's kind of funny. It kind of reminds me of because um, uh, we live in a lake community here with you yes, guys and. And which is great. And it's funny because when I want to go out on the boat, you know, trying to convince my wife, like, oh, let's go out on the boat. And I'm more, you know, definitely more of an I, more of a people person. And so when I want to go on the boat, I want to go on the boat and stop by everybody's dock and have a drink with everybody and talk to everybody. And so when I say, let's go on the boat, let's do all that. And then when she wants to go on the boat, she does that sometimes. But sometimes when she wants to go on the boat... She she wants to go on the boat like and not talk to anybody. So I'm like, so I have to kind of get that. I'll ask her like, okay, do you want me to go out on the boat for a couple hours before you, so I can talk to everybody yes. before you come out, and then you can come out and we'll just kind of sit by ourselves, or because it's just a different need and a different personality. So so I have a solution for that. Yes, next let's time hear you it. want to do that, you call Joe and you two go out and you can talk to everybody, and Jess and I'll sit in the boat and just kind of chill. Yeah, sit and read a book or yeah. be quiet. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, because yeah. Joe and I would just go from house to house to house and we'll knock on people's doors like, what are you guys doing? Let's exactly. do something. Exactly. <laughs> so, and Sean, of course, is this is very similar as well, yeah. who was on another podcast. Exactly. So. <laughs> that's great. That's a very good, that's a good example yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so again, people looking at the world through a different set of glasses, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I remember um, there's multiple different kinds of assessments. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I can't remember the one that I took uh, at work before they, I took one at work before they promoted me to being a regional manager, mm-hmm. and it was just complicated. It's hundreds of questions, oh, um, and there's all those, you know, you got to pick the best answer, and then, and then of course, in the back of your mind, you know, because I'm up for a promotion, so I'm like, okay, what's the answer they want me to say? I'm like, oh, don't answer like that. So I don't know, that was pretty confusing, but apparently I did very well with that one. Um, for my position, but I don't know. It's just, in, it's interesting. Some of those. And I remember I, I took, um, I took an assessment. There was some kind of assessment test I took, um, before I, and this is like years, years ago, before I worked at Outback, actually I had worked at Outback for six years. I did a few other things and then I wanted to work part-time at another Outback mm-hmm. just to make some money uh, on the weekends and stuff. And like, Oh, you got to take this test. And I was like, okay. And it was an interesting one because it had like a lot of situational things where like, okay, if you're, you know, how much are you drinking? You know, you're hanging out with friends and doing this. And like, so I, I was assuming that one was more, and it was interesting because it was so important to this job that it was like, you could fail it and not get hired. Like yeah. I remember uh, we had people that were, I think it's a friend of, or somebody had a friend of theirs that was applying and they're like, nope, sorry, you didn't pass the test, and they didn't get hired. So I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that, but it's kind of interesting to see how people answer different questions. So well, I do know that many companies will use DISC before hiring if they're looking for a specific type of person, which again makes sense as we've talked about. If you want someone as a salesman, you don't want someone that's very quiet that doesn't want to interact with people. You know, you need that I personality as a salesman. So. There are specific people you could be looking for based on how they look at the world and how they interact with the world. No, I think that's very important. That it totally makes sense too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you're looking for the detailed, 
you know, attorney or, you know, somebody like that accountant kind of person. And you're going to need somebody that's definitely more, you know, more of a C than, yes. than an I or a D. And maybe they have some of that, but you know, this is what, you know, if you want somebody specializing in that, yeah, that totally makes sense. And it's all kind of reminds me a little bit of the, of the five love languages, Yes, which is, it, it aligns up with it a little bit as well. Um, which I think Jess and I have talked about on probably a couple different podcasts because that's been important to our relationship to understand what languages, you know, what what love languages the other people speak to. So So you want to hear something funny? I do. The love languages with my husband and I. His is touching feelings. So mm-hmm. I suppose a touch and feeling. Yes, yeah, physical touch, sure. Yes. Mine are words. So your words of affirmation. From a guy who doesn't speak very good English. That could be difficult, yes. Well, he's saying words a lot, but you're yes. not sure what... <laughs> he says his own words, so I, that's, that's interesting. kind of ironic. That is interesting. Yeah, we were joking um, when I talked about having you on the podcast that I'd love to have Joe on the podcast. He's a very interesting, wonderful person. Mm-hmm. But um, with his Danish accent, we would be a, we'd need a translator. But yes. maybe it would, be, <laughs> it would be very fun. So Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that's funny because... Um, so my love language is I'm my two high ones are physical touch and words of affirmation. Okay. And then Jess's are quality time and acts of service. So it's kind of funny in the relationship. Like I'll come up behind Jess and you know rub her shoulders and oh I you know rub her shoulders, which is physical touch, and tell yeah. her I love her. Like oh I love you so much. It's great. And she's like you know it's not like that's bad, but she's just like okay that's fine. Yeah. When I could instead, I've realized that I could do better. Of let me go make her a cup of coffee. Right. And let me go sit down next to her, and that would be much, much more right. effective, or you know, she'd right. be more appreciative. So right. it's just kind of funny how <laughs> it's the awareness again. Right, right, exactly, and that's why um, I think the love languages book was just so helpful. And again, you know, you could bounce around and and try to figure that out on your own, but once you kind of see that in the other person, it helps a lot. Right. So well, and uh, when you look at all the different types of behavioral analysis around on the internet now. Um, in, in just in in any kind of literature, there's almost always four. And if you even go back to Hippocrates, there were four back in the ancient mm-hmm. Greeks. So whatever you call them, they're pretty much very similar as what we have with the disc. So um, I, I found that fascinating when I first started looking at that. I think this actually goes all the way back to. Wow. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Great. I mean, mm-hmm. I, obviously humans are humans no matter yes. where you are and what culture right. it is all. Right. Oh, that's interesting that they've been doing this for thousands of years. Yes. Huh. And, and this Dr. Marston that started it, you know, he was a psychologist, American psychologist. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wanted to study normal people instead of abnormal all the time. So that's how he fell into this. And, you know, it's been revised and adjusted and called different things along the way. But he's the one that actually came up with the Yeah, disc. that's neat. And then the other thing you told me that he... Uh, he yeah. wrote he he wrote the Wonder Woman comic or uh-huh. did he write the story I guess yes Wonder Woman comic he also developed the uh, blood pressure cuff too kind oh of wow bizarre yeah what a great guy I yeah. know I know very interesting so was he a D, was he a D or an I I don't know we never <laughs> I don't think he ever said <laughs> I, I guess was... I guess if you invent the uh, the criteria the whole system you don't That's have right. to tell anybody what it is, what you are so That's, <laughs> That's right. really interesting. Well, he went back, even though, to some of Hippocrates and, and Jung and, you know, what they had put together and just kind of... Um, Probably revised that. And yeah, kind of, prioritized yeah. it and, you know, just made it a little... Kind of little updated it own. into... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, and even like 
because um, there's multiple places and I'll have some links in the show notes to some some of these tests that you can take but there's multiple ones and I, like I like I said I took a couple in the last few days and one was more of a uh, a marriage relationship yes. one and then one was more business so but like you said at the beginning when you do if our listeners take one of these tests make sure that you're doing it in you know you're thinking of the answers to the questions in the context yes. of what you know if this is for business then think of the way your personality and the way you react in business as opposed to being at home right because so. people are, can be very different in in both settings not everybody is but um, I've certainly had people tell me, it's like, I didn't know how to answer this because I'm different one for the other. So you've got to start the test thinking I'm only going to answer as if I were in whatever situation you're thinking about. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the context is totally different. Um, I know it's kind of funny. It reminds me of uh, my wife. Um, I work from home sometimes and I'll, I'll answer a phone call randomly, you know, sometimes in the middle of lunch. And She's like, oh, you put on your work voice. Yes. So it's the same kind of thing. Like here I am having lunch with my wife and I'm talking to her and then I answer the phone like, this is John. I, yes. you know, I assume that's how I sound, something ridiculous like, this is John, how may I help you? And you're like, oh, you got your work voice on. So people do shift depending on <laughs> depending on where they are. My father did sure. that. He was in banking. And, and uh, <laughs> yeah, when he was home, he was just dad. But sometimes he would get business calls and when I first started realizing what I was doing, it was very different. Very like, different who is voice. that guy? I know, yeah. Like, who That's are you and why have you done with my dad? <laughs> That's great. Was there anything else you wanted to add to this? This has been absolutely wonderful. I've got another question for you, but was there anything else that, uh, that you I, thought would be interesting to our audience that uh, you wanted to cover? Well, I think the main thing is just knowing who you are and knowing who the people that you interact with, how they are so... You can better understand each other and, and better interact. One of the things I think I would say to the S's is sometimes S's are, they often are labeled as a peacemaker. Mm-hmm. So many times S's will go out of their way to try and make everybody happy, which is impossible. Right. To make everyone happy. Right. And sometimes they get so lost in trying to please others that they lose themselves. So if you think you're any of that, Anybody listening, I would highly suggest taking a disc and see if you are in that category. And then, you know, do some study in it to see how you can overcome that a little bit. I work with someone who's a very high S, and someday she'll say this or that's going on. And we always tell her, put on your big girl D panties, (laughs) you know, and be a little more assertive and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, we all have, uh, all D, I, S, and C all have their downfalls you know things mm-hmm. that that can't go right but the, i think what what i see in the s is the most is they're trying to make everybody happy and yeah kind and, of the people pleaser and then they're not exactly they're not taking care of themselves exactly exactly yeah that's interesting that's something i've learned not you know pretty recently is the the part about um i get well in the bible just uh, jesus mm-hmm. talks about um you know love your neighbor as yourself and there's two commands there it's yes. not just love your neighbor um, but you have to love yourself. And I yes. think as well as loving yourself, you have to take care of yourself uh, because you need to give out of your abundance. And if you're taking care of yourself, it's much easier to take care of other people. And exactly. sometimes you need to take care of yourself. And maybe an S is, like you said, uh, you know, whatever situation they're in is taking care of everybody around them. Right. And they're not taking care of themselves. It's exactly. really interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's great advice. Yeah. That's cool. Well, let me, uh, this has been awesome. I'm so glad I yeah, got together with fun. you on that. Yeah, this is great. I get to learn all kinds of fun stuff about yes. you. And you, well, I learned about you. you too. Well, thank you. 
And I've got, I want to finish with one final question. Um, and it's, I keep wanting to uh, ask this question at the end. Um, but when I have my wife on, I've asked it to her already. So, and I forgot to do it on the last one. Maybe I'll have to clip that in later. But <laughs> so my final question is, since it is one drink, the one drink with John podcast, um, and let, just to let everybody know, I'll have uh, links in the show notes uh, to anything we talked about on the uh, one drink with john.com. Uh, but my final question is, what is your favorite drink, uh, either that you've had in the last year, or what is your favorite drink ever, or what specific situation that comes to mind on that? I know this lemon limoncello is really, really good, it's but really what's your... Good. <laughs> um, I think my go-to, gee, I'd really like to have a very special drink would be a um, dirty martini. Ah, vodka. gotcha. Vodka martini. Tito's. Tito's vodka martini. Yeah. Extra dirty. Get no. Some, just dirty. Light dirty. Lightly dirty. Okay. Yeah. Put I don't some... want to taste like just olive juice. Right. But just you're going to put some olives in there. Now, are we going to stuff the olives with some blue cheese or anything fun like that, too? Oh, if, if I have could... some around. But... Yeah. We could do yeah. that. Well, this is yeah. this is your favorite drink ever, so right. you can make it any way you like. <laughs> so, okay. If I did it that way, yes, I would have blue cheese stuffed. All right. So, we're looking at Tito's Vodka yeah. Martini. Lightly dirty with blue cheese stuff olives. I love it. What a wonderful way to end the show. (laughs) Well, Sue, thank you so much for coming on. This has been absolutely wonderful. And I'm sure the audience enjoyed this as well. So, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Cheers and have a wonderful day. Thanks for having me.